Hey friends, welcome to the show. My name is Rebecca. I'm your host, Christian speaker, life coach, and formerly single gal who got married at age 39. This is a show and a community that is dedicated to encouraging you and helping you live this part of your life to the fullest because God has not messed up on you or your life. We have very intentional, very real, very fun conversations here. Welcome to the show. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Rebecca, and this is Not Alone. Um, the podcast, the community where we're just, we're having conversations, and we are building it all around Christian singleness, women. Um, I'm so excited today that I have a special guest with me. Her name is Hannah Lynch. She's 31. Uh, she lives in the in Virginia, and She's made it through some of the, I would say the toughest times, the roughest times of being single, uh, especially if you didn't expect yourself to be single, which is like the late twenties, um, and reached out to me. We've known each other for 10 years, almost more than that. Now we go way back to Liberty. Um, but she reached out to me and just said that she had some stuff that God has taught her that she wants to share and knew it would be gold. And so I'm so excited to have you here today. Go ahead and give us a quick introduction of yourself. Absolutely. So as you said, my name's Hannah. I'm 31. I currently teach as an online graphic design professor for a few universities, which is just this really amazing, flexible kind of position that in some ways I think I fell into. God directed the steps, the whole yeah. way of it. But in the midst of that, I'm actually about to start traveling full time. My apartment's in boxes when my lease ends. Because your job is totally remote. Totally remote. So totally remote. this okay. is traveling because I want to, not because I have to. And Can I just, I, I mean, we're going to talk about singleness, but you know, I'm yeah. a travel, travel obsessed. Are you staying domestic? Are you going international? Like what's your, what's your travel vision? Great question. <laughs> so I'm starting domestic. It's definitely a transition. I'm at first sticking at least for the first few weeks within driving distance of home, just so that you know, if I get on the road as a single female and it starts to feel like, ah, this is more than I bargained for, I uh, have kind of a transition. So I have some time to get used to what it is to travel. Yeah. So, and yeah. really trying to be strategic about it. So yeah, for, for initially sticking domestic when it's just me and kind of seeing where it goes from there. Awesome. So I already can tell, I'm like, I want you to come back for another episode and we're going to talk about <laughs> solo as a single person. I traveled quite a bit too, and I loved it, but I know there's other, other girls that are like, wait, I don't want to talk about dating. Let's talk about her travel. But <laughs> today, uh, we're going to talk about singleness specifically. Tell me, let's get started with just like a, li a little bit about your upbringing slash what were your expectations and your vision for life? Because I don't think much, many of us grow up thinking I'm going to be single at 31. So like, oh, I definitely didn't think I would. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what, what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. So I grew up in a military family. My dad was an air force chaplain, which kind of makes me this hybrid of being a preacher's kid and a military brat at the same time, which alone, those things have their own uniquenesses. And so throw that together. I also was the youngest of four. So I'm the baby child in the family. And out of that, I I've always been very, very rooted in my faith, very grounded in faith. Um, and have just a phenomenal support system in my family. Um, but on top of that, I I loved adventure and travel and new experiences. And as a kid, we lived in Germany for a while and traveled 
all over Europe. And so it's, it's very much in me, which what I'm doing now probably shouldn't be super shocking with that in mind. Um, but with expectations, I, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I, I saw my mom being an amazing wife and an amazing mom. And so I just, I thought that's what would happen for me. And then my siblings or two of my older ones, they're married, each have four kids. So I get to be the fun aunt to Mm -hmm. eight love it. Um, but my siblings both got married or two of the, the two that are married got married around, um, like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that's what, you know, that's what you do. Like you, you go through college, maybe you don't get married in college, but shortly after, you know, within a few years, like it, yeah. you know, that's what yeah. you definitely don't like launch into full-on adulthood by yourself. No, did not no. expect that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So when I I went to a Christian college and I I just thought it would happen and it it didn't. I did date. I've you know done good dates and bad dates and good boyfriends and boyfriends that I probably could have skipped over and mm-hmm. met people all sorts of different ways, coffee shops, mutual friends, dating apps, all the things. And it kind of feels like a Dr. Seuss book sometimes. All yep. the different things that have happened in the last yes, girl, very long time of dating, but it just hadn't happened for me. It. Kind of came down to either not the best fit or bad timing. And I was even engaged at one point in time. We were reminiscing a little bit before the recording of the last time we talked was when I called you crying in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, Mm -hmm. it just hasn't happened yet. And where I'm at now, yes, the later twenties, that was difficult. There was for sure a shift and not just dating at that point in life, but also my mental state in it. Mm-hmm. And getting to where I am now, I'm I'm just kind of done waiting. I I still desire marriage. I still think that's something that God has for my life. But I've I've wanted to travel. I've wanted to do this. I've wanted to live kind of an unconventional lifestyle. And the only thing keeping me back mm-hmm. at this point in time was the thought of doing it by myself. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, a lot that I could expand on just from that, but yeah, my expectation to simplify was, I thought I'd be married around 25, 26, mm-hmm. meet through school, you know, have the, mm-hmm. the common story that you see. And it just wasn't mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yes, we're going to get to the kind of where you're at now. Let's go back just a little bit to the, like, yeah. I mean, you're, 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 saying it as if it didn't hurt because you're past it now <laughs> Don't choke on your coffee <laughs> but uh um the like it just didn't happen for me or like that just wasn't my story I mean you you seem to be saying that now like that's fine was it that fine in the oh moment? no oh no I'm able to say it the way that I am now because there has been this deep healing that's taken place even in the last few months um there was something that shifted in me beginning of January when it was time to resign the lease I'm completely in a hundred percent single there's mm-hmm. usually been at least you know one guy in mind but mm-hmm. this or the possibility of a particular mm-hmm. guy or something mm-hmm. like that and there's mm-hmm. nothing right now right. so it at the beginning of January, it was really this moment of what is happening. And it felt like something within me was getting surgically removed. Like mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it got dark. What and was it? What was getting removed? I think it was just this. I mean, I know this is kind of a church word, but I think I'd idolized marriage for the longest time. And I'd idolized that, 
you know, this was what was going to happen. This is how things were going to go. And there was this shifting point of what if it never happens? And that was kind of the trigger of uh, yeah, some really deep emotions getting unearthed of, yeah, it's possible it could never happen. I still think it will. Um, but it yeah, was just I wanna, really, I want to pause you there really quick because I remember having that same thought process, um, probably around the same age, but like, okay, I still desire to be married. I've prayed really hard that, you know, if God wanted me to be single forever, if that was like some gift he'd given me <laughs> that he would like take my, you know, desire for marriage away and he didn't. And so I distinctly remember too, that same time in my life where it was like, this may never happen. And what a shocking thought that was to even let into my head, you know, to me, I was like, that's unacceptable. It's like unacceptable. (laughs) I wouldn't be fully living. There would be something wrong with me. I'd be missing out on too much. I don't know about you, but I, you sound like you might be a seven. Do you do the Enneagram? (laughs) Okay. So am I. Okay. And because I'm a seven and because you're a seven, the idea of missing out is like, it like hurts our soul. Crushing. It's crushing. It's really crushing to not um, be able to kind of experience everything. That's why you're like a traveler at heart and so am I. But so experiencing love, marriage, even, you know, sex, if you're living a celibate life, experiencing being a mom or whatever, those are like life's biggest things. And so for me as a seven, I was like, God, you cannot ask me to not experience these things. Like it was, it was un unfathomable in my mind to let that thought in that this might never happen. But it sounds like you went there. You at least went there in your mind. Yeah. And it's interesting. I didn't realize you were a seven. So this, this makes a lot of sense even back (laughs) when I first met you, but the, uh, I think for me, I had just through my twenties and end of twenties and even the heartbreaks that I've experienced and the joys that I experienced too, I never really let myself fully go there and fully experience the pain and the sadness. And honestly, it was kind of a grieving thing. Like I, I think I finally grieved. Yeah. Oh, never going to be a young mom. The death of a dream. Yeah. And it's death of the dream. Yeah. And the other thing about being a seven, obviously everybody has, you know, different personality types and Mm -hmm. even within those numbers, people are so unique. But for me, it was the fear of missing out, but it was also the lack of change. And mm-hmm. so resigning the lease, mm-hmm. it was for the having to make the decision whether or not to resign the lease. It was, if I sign this, am I signing up for another 12 months of this, mm-hmm. which my life here is great. It's beautiful. I'm close to family. I have amazing church community that I'm still going to stay connected to. Um, but it was just this, am I just going to keep doing this until I'm dead? Like just keep signing one-year leases and keep right. Waiting nothing while everyone else is changing. Am I going to go to my nieces and nephews weddings without a plus one? It was just everything hit at once, but it Mm -hmm. needed to, Mm -hmm. I needed to one grieve the dream Mm -hmm. of, Hey, it's not happening right now. And that's okay. But what else are we going to do about it? Cause I'm Mm -hmm. not going to stay in this spot. Yeah. I'm not going to sit. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm not just going to sit around and, you know, yeah, wait. And, and I want to talk about that for a second. Like, what did, did you feel like you had to wait around or around family or around a church or in one place to like make yourself available for a guy or because that's what people told you you had to do? What, 
why did you feel, it sounds like you've laid that down now, but can you pinpoint why you felt like you had to like wait or stay? Yeah, it's this interesting tension between there was parts of me that felt like, okay, I need to stay. Cause maybe, you know, if you don't, if you keep moving around, you're not going to meet everybody there is to meet. Like yeah, I can be able to find you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like what if I move right when he's like, come into town or comes in the church doors yeah. or whatever. And so there was that aspect, but there was also this thought of, um, kind of the opposite of, oh, I need to keep myself available. Mm. So mm. if I resign this lease, I'm locked into 12 months. And then if I meet somebody tomorrow and we want to, you know, get married in six months, which doesn't sound like the wisest thing in my brain right now, but yeah, we got married in 10 months. <laughs> there you go. Um, it happens. That it happened my brother, my brother and his wife, they, they got married very quickly and they have a beautiful family and their story didn't need to go any other way. Um, So it definitely happens for people, but there was this tension of, do I need to stay to, you know, be, be present or Mm. is going to keep me from being available? Mm. It's this weird back and forth. And yeah. But all of those questions, don't they start to feel, and it, again, I want to talk more about the moment in January where they kind of all released, but don't they all start to feel really bad and graspy and just controlly and untrusting and weird? Yeah. Yeah. It was the back in January, I would say there was a few catalyst moments because things just kept happening. It was, I would say a mix of spiritual warfare, but also it was like, if there's any people who study birds, please tell me what type of bird this is. But at some point in time, I'd heard that maybe it's all birds, who knows, but (laughs) evidently when it's time for the baby bird to like fly out of the nest, the mama bird will make it super uncomfortable. They'll either take the nest apart or put Mm -hmm. things into the nest to get the baby bird to like push out. Mm -hmm. And that's what it felt like was happening in January because Mm -hmm. all these things kept happening, like pipes bursting in my apartment and all these weird scenarios. But one of them was that I'd had this particular night where I, I was really wrestling with God. I was driving in my car because I just dropped my nieces and nephews off at um, their parents' house. And I'm like angry yelling at God while I'm driving. Been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah, been there, done that. And I hit a deer. Oh my gosh. With my vehicle in the middle of it. And it wasn't even like I was scared. I was annoyed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, how like, dare you get dear. in my way? Yes. <laughs> I'm here having a moment with the Lord. How dare you get in my way? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, but it also was this realization of, and I want to be sensitive on this topic, but there's things that I'd been writing in my journal up until that point that like, if, if something had happened to me, if I'd like swerved and hit a tree or something or mm-hmm. no fault of my own, not purposeful whatsoever. If, if people had found my journals, like that's mm-hmm. not the last thing that I wanted to leave on the earth. Like that's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And so it was very much this wake up call of, I, I have to make a change. I have to do something different because this is not, mm-hmm. this is not what I'm leaving behind. Right. right. So, um, the next week I took a drive into the Shenandoah mountains. And I said, God, I'm not getting out of this car until you fix this. Mm-hmm. And so I drove for seven hours <laughs> and uh, that's what it took. And yeah. I, there was definitely repentance on my part that needed to take place. Yep. 
things that I had been so holding on to out of pride and control. Some of it related to recent situations and some of it just related to, Mm. you know, a lifetime of holding on to this dream Mm. that wasn't one that God wrote. It was one that I did. Right. And um, yeah, so it, those two things here and then the Shenandoah drive were massive in me being able to finally get to this place of, okay, we're going to lay this down for a second. We're going to lay it down for a second. And that's such a good way to say it because I, oh my gosh, I'm going back to all the drives I took and all the, I remember I used to go specifically from where I lived in California to uh, like the Carmel Monterey area. That's where my parents honeymooned. Oh, (laughs) I love it. It's beautiful. And it's like, it's about an hour, maybe a two hour drive from where I lived, but I would drive there and just be alone all day. Um, and sit on the beach and walk around the shops. But yeah, I would just be contending with God in the, in the car ride there and crying and crying out and just giving him my heart. And like you said, it would be usually by the end of the day, I started out mad at God. And by the end of the day, I was repenting. Um, mm-hmm. And as I would repent and lay down just all the control and all the ways that I thought it was my fault or I could do something or all the ways that I was just mad at God always new levels of freedom it would hit me and the freedom to like not just freedom but god like really whispering over me like this is my plan for you i know you think you're like waiting on the plan but like you are supposed to be single right now for a reason i've created you for this it's actually for your good like it's for your good are you going to lean into it or are you going to resist it because if you resist it you're really going to regret that um, and the leaning into it for me was things like when I'm, you know, I was 25, I moved all the way across the country to Liberty. I'd never even been there. And I took a job and I got my master's. And then when I was 30, I moved all the way back. And at one point I worked on a dude ranch in Montana. At one point I lived in San Diego and then I started a business. All this stuff's transpired before I met Jeff. So yeah, just tell me more about what came after the drive <laughs> and what, how you've been feeling in the last month. Yeah. So after the drive, it kind of ended with, and I, you'll probably resonate with this because I feel like it's very personality driven, but I, it's very easy for me to have an epiphany and then move on from it and kind of forget. And Mm -hmm. so I knew that I needed this to stick. And so at the end of the drive, um, this probably seems ridiculous to some people, but it worked for me. And it wasn't planned. It was kind of spontaneous there. I was driving and there was this itty bitty Baptist church on the side of the road. And so it was in the middle of nowhere. The stars are super bright. So I just pulled over because I wanted to just look up for a little while. And then I ended up writing um, a couple different letters to various people that I felt like I'd, I'd really been holding on to and didn't need to hold on to and different mm-hmm. situations I'd held on to that it was just time to let go of goodness. Time to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wrote some letters and the Baptist church had an itty bitty cemetery next to it. And I was very respectful. I want that to be known, yes. but there was massive rock on like the edge of the cemetery. And I just mm-hmm. lifted the rock and shoved the letters underneath. And in my mind, I was like, those things are buried. Like yeah. mm-hmm. we're done. We are moving on now. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so for me, that was really helpful in just having almost like a stake in the ground moment of, Mm -hmm. okay, we're done with this. So now we can focus on what God actually has for us and really 
things that weren't ours to begin with, but we held on to out of pride or control or whatever it happened to be. And so, um, yeah, what it looked like beyond that was just, honestly, it's not like life totally settled down. Like after that is when pipes burst in my apartment and this man at a gas station lost his ever loving mind on me for no reason. And weird things started still weird things were still happening, shoving me out of the nest. Right. Right. Mm. There was so much more peace in it. Yeah. And ultimately I finally got to this place where it was, I've wanted to travel full time for seven years now. And every time, why am I not doing it? Yeah. Every time there's been a transition in life, whether it was graduation or a move or a shift or a change or me going remote, I would have this moment of, Ooh, do I want to travel full-time yet? And I never felt peace with it. So yes, it's partly, okay, I'm, I'm done waiting, um, for somebody else to join in to do this, but more than that, I needed to get healing on in my heart and in the things that I was holding on to before being able to step into this. So for the first time I felt peace and permission to do this. So it's not just, Ooh, I'm taking control. Ooh, I'm done waiting. Like, no, no, there's, it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time before I needed to do some of the things I dealt with. And I'm, I'm able to step into this at 31 that I definitely couldn't do at 24 for a variety of reasons. Right. Right. Like, this is just how God works when we run to him repeatedly, you know, yeah. and we're running to him, even in those times of when you were like ending an engagement or just prolonged seasons of nothingness or dating, you were still interacting with God and running to God, but he was, and this is how all of like sanctification goes, right? I mean, he was working things out in you and he was maturing you and he was using all of that to get you to a point. Um, which kind of makes me, and I just want to say this too, because I'm married now, but that real, that fact that like, there's not a right or a wrong, God is just kind of always working. And we have like new seasons and like new awarenesses. And that doesn't end just because you get married. It's not like there comes a moment. And when we arrive, it's not when you get married. It's not if, and when you have kids, it's not if, and you know, if your kids move out of the house, if you make enough, there really never comes a moment as humans where it's like, okay, I can relax. Like everything is sorted and figured out now. And I'm exactly in God's plan and God's never going to grow me or make me uncomfortable or ask me to move or change again. (laughs) I think I think people think that. And I think specifically single women, I used to think, well, that'll be when I get married. Um, and it's not, it's just us and the Lord and God's plan for your life. And so this is like the season he has you in now. Yeah. And it's also something I'm learning is just a lot about free will and a lot Mm -hmm. about there's Mm -hmm. not always a right or wrong option. Mm -hmm. If I had chosen to resign my lease in town, that wouldn't have been wrong. I genuinely right. don't think that would have been wrong. I don't think this is the yeah. apartment I have to stay in. Right. I had clarity on that, mm-hmm. but there's also so many things of, right. I, this is kind of getting a little bit more into people's thoughts on dating, but I don't think there's one person for me. Like yeah. there could be many people, whoever mm-hmm. I marry, he will become the one, he will mm-hmm. be the one. Mm-hmm. But there's even free will in dating. I could have been married at this point. Yeah. I could have chosen Mm-hmm. I have people at this point in time. My mom likes to remind me when I'm sad about being not married yet. She's like, you could have been married. It's not about 
Yeah. My mom used to say that too. You could be, and when I, when I would bemoan, like, why hasn't anybody picked me or, you know, what's wrong with me? And my mom would say the same thing. You could be married if you wanted to be I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it's gotta be, I want it to be the, the best fit. And so that's what I'm trying to lean into is okay. Everything in life is black and white. Not everything is right and wrong. So what's just the best choice. And sometimes there's multiple best choices and we just get to decide. And it's really uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, it is uncomfortable, but it's, um, there's just such a freedom in that and such a freedom in trusting God that in our free will, he's still sovereign and that he's enough for us. Like he's enough to satisfy you and fulfill you to the point that you're freed up to wait for the best fit to make that best decision. And, you know, I, and with the best fit for me, hands down, it took a long time to find it, but I totally agree. There were people along the the way that it was kind of like, I mean, you can, you could have, but maybe it's our sevenness. I mean, there's a lot of girls that would just say, yes, you know, I'd rather be, I'd rather have it now. And that's a, yeah, a personality thing. But for me, it always felt a little bit like I was going to be trapped. I was mm-hmm. like, I need, I either want my freedom or I want like kind of the best case scenario. Um, I didn't want to feel trapped in, because to me, like, you know, there's really no marriages forever. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be married forever, it needs to be with somebody here who's, um, going to make my life better and not worse, like in any way, shape or form. So, but what about just this concept of like, even us just talking kind of, so like we have free will, we don't have to get married. God is enough. What, what do you think about the concept of like, choosing singleness or being single is okay. And maybe even like the right choice for women. It just feels so counterintuitive to the Christian message. Like it almost feels like you guys are being like worldly. You just want to travel. You just want your freedom and you just want, you know, control. You don't want to submit to a man. Now, obviously I know all of that's wrong, but I think there's a lot of Christians specifically like conservative Christians who would hear us talking and almost feel like we're being selfish or out of the will of God. And yet the Bible says singleness is like holy and, mm-hmm. and a great option, like even more holy in some ways or, or more time and focus for Christ than being married. So like, just from a theological standpoint, what's your, what's your take on this? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So I actually met with a mentor yesterday that I hadn't had the chance to cap up, catch up with in a little bit. So just with holidays and things like that. So there was a lot to fill her in on and towards the end of the conversation, I specifically asked her, I said, I, I'm not nervous or worried. That's too strong of words and emotions for it. But essentially I'm aware that this could be selfish. I'm aware that this could be me just, Mm -hmm. oh, well, if I'm not married bye, I'm out, I'm gonna go live my life. Like I, I'm aware that those things could be in me. And Mm -hmm. I was asking her, Hey, do you, in what I've said, do you see any of this happening? Because mm-hmm. that is not good motivation to go and do what I'm about to do. Right. And it was so helpful because she was able to speak into things and counter some of those things. Cause ultimately they're, they're kind of lies. Like I, it's, yeah. it's been confirmed from several different ways. And I, I know that I'm going with a heart to love people, whoever I happen to encounter. I, I'm essentially just operating in 
I hate this term, but the gift of singleness. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't, I, yeah. And I want to, I, I push a little bit on this because that mindset of like, oh, doing anything that makes me happy or that really yeah. aligns with my personality is somehow selfish or unholy or not my calling is like, mm, that, that sounds like a real bad, that sounds like bad theology to me. We know that God allows us to suffer in life. And we know that God asks us to walk through hard things, but we also know that God gives us good gifts. And we also know that God has a good plan for us. And so, you know, I had a few of those thoughts too, when it was like, am I moving all the way across the country? Am I even, I even had that thought when I led mission trips, I led multiple trips for light. I don't think it's called that anymore at Liberty when I was there and I wanted to travel. Right. And so, so here I go, I'm off to India, I'm off to Africa, I'm off to Istanbul all while I'm leading a mission trip. And in my little heart of hearts, I was like, am I, am I being selfish about this? Cause I really want to go to Istanbul. The thing is selfish people don't selfish. People don't ask that question. Right. And God is like, I can't be giving you a great, I like you're I'm you're single on purpose, Rebecca. And this I'm letting you do these things, like enjoy them. And I, that was, I've really embraced that in my life. I've really embraced that God, yes, suffering happens and we have to be humble and accept it when suffering comes into our life. But that doesn't mean that we have to make ourselves suffer. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that God asks us to suffer 24 seven. Like it doesn't. So like every good and perfect gift comes from above. Um, and I think the gift of singleness when leaned into really can be, you know, straight from God to you, you know, as his daughter. And it's important to me too, as I do this, I, I still, I'm staying committed to the local church. Starting out, I'm traveling basically Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I've, I have several different people in town that I can stay with and just a phenomenal support system starting out with this. And there's a group of college girls that I lead on Monday mornings. It's like a small group through the church and I'm staying committed to that. So mm -hmm. it's okay to enjoy life and to worship the Lord as you experience his creation. Cause that's a big, a big thing for me when I've had those moments of God, is this selfish? Like, am, am, is this a joke? Like, do I really have permission to go do this? This feels really silly and not silly, but just really, Almost I get, too, I get to too do this. fun or like too good. <laughs> it's, it's too good. And he constantly, just constantly like whispers to my spirit of just worship me in the process. Just right. Give me the glory in the process. In the process. Give me the glory in the process. Thank me for it. Like keep mm -hmm. the gratitude towards him, not, Ooh, I did great career choices where I can be remote and right. no, it's not about me. And so making sure that the glory constantly goes back to him, that I'm staying rooted and grounded in community, pouring into others. And, you know, we need joy. We the do. The world needs joy. So the spirit. Yeah. We need and it, and I totally agree. I mean, getting to that point where you can say when I'm on a mountaintop, all glory be to you, God. And when I'm in a valley, all glory be to you is it, it is life because you won't suffer forever. And, and it, it's, I've never, why do single people wrestle with this? Because I've never, well, that's not true. I don't hear, a, I don't hear a lot of people who are falling in love and getting married going, Oh, this is too good. I can't accept this gift from God. They just take it and they run with it. And they're like, woohoo. 
such a good point. It is celebrated. It's celebrated. Everybody celebrates it with them. God is good. And here's this good gift that God has given you. And it is a good gift, Mm -hmm. but we really struggle to celebrate good gifts or good things that are given to single people. And instead we're like, "Mm, you need to rein it back a little bit. Don't be selfish. Don't get too independent. For those of you who are listening on audio, I just rolled my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) The independent one I've definitely kind of felt in myself. Thankfully, I mean, I'm, I'm really open to being misunderstood. I, you've probably experienced it with, you know, personality and stuff. I, joy can be misunderstood really easily. Um, but I'm just grateful that with this shift, like a lot of, most of the response has been celebration and most of the response has been curiosity and questions. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I think that has a lot to do with the timing of it. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say here for a moment, like this is the whole travel thing, like that's specific specifically a dream and a vision that I feel as though I'm wired towards and through clinging through personality, nature, nurture, whatever you want to reference. But I recognize that people listening, your dream's going to look different. Everybody's going to have a different vision. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if there's other people out there where they've, they've wanted to do something and have been waiting Mm -hmm. for prime timing or a man to do it with them. Yeah. And that, that brings us back to kind of the key phrase, which is I think you said it at the very beginning, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And the only thing stopping me is that I would have to do it alone. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you, to whoever's listening, I, we, I challenge you today to think like, what, it, what has God been laying on your heart for a long time? And maybe it is his purpose or his gift to you. Um, or he's just allowing you to do it, but you're just holding back because you're thinking I have to do it alone. It makes me think of um, somebody I interviewed for my other podcast who adopted, Mm -hmm. you know, ended up adopting alone. And, but that Lord really laid that on her heart. I've been on her heart for years and she prayed about it and all those things. And um, so, yeah, I just, I really believe that God is good to us and that his plans are for us and not against us. And that's just so specifically hard. I think for single women to get <laughs> it's, it's the, the good plan is, has always been marriage and kids, according to kind of the world, modern romance, Christian. It's, it's kind of one of those things that like Hollywood and Christianity both feed us, which is like, you're going to get married and live happily ever after. So it, it becomes a real shocker that it could possibly be good that we're single. Like that's just a shock to most of us. Yeah. Um, I want to, I mean, we're going to have to wrap it up here pretty soon, but I do want to call out and kind of acknowledge the fact that you, <laughs> I made a joke and rolled my eyes about like, don't become too independent. Um, but I do think we are made to be in community and community is what saved me when I was single. You know, I, I don't think we are meant to walk alone. Um, and so I, I love the idea that you're still going to be connected with your local church, that you have family, that you're going to come home often and those types of things. Cause yeah, I don't think it's a good idea for us to isolate ourselves or to try to run from God or run from our people or run from the church, even when we're pursuing or leaning into our single life or the, the things that God has put on our heart. So I think that's awesome. It's a good, uh, it sounds like you have a good plan. Do you want to tell us where you're going to go first? Or do you want to keep that? <laughs> it's still a little, there's a lot of this transition that I'm 
you know, figuring out. So right now, actually, just before we jumped on this, I'm, I want to go somewhere warm. Mm. So I kept looking at beaches within driving distance and it's kind of, I think I looked up the weather and for the timing and eh, not the best. So I'm looking possibly a beach in Florida. Mm-hmm. It would involve flying, which I was kind of hoping for the first one, it would be driving distance, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So Mm-hmm. Not sure yet, to be honest, there's lots of ideas floating around. So I'm learning to make decisions and I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. But one of the things I've realized is sometimes the desire that I've had for a husband or partner to do things with is because I want someone else to make the decision. Like I want someone else to decide so that mm-hmm. I don't have to. And so already through this process, I'm learning a lot about decision-making and being confident in my decisions. And so I'm already running into that with where to go first because possibilities mm-hmm. are endless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are endless. Yeah. But it's like, just pick one. Okay. So you want to go somewhere warm and beachy? What else? What other places do you have on your mind or heart that you want to cover in like this first year or six months of living like this? So within the first year, starting out, I'm doing the Monday through Friday thing, but if that goes well, I'm going to continue to venture out and do longer trips. So one of the goals that I have, I'm I'm going to Colorado soon with some friends like next week, and I'm going to learn how to ski. So I thought that it would be fun if I learn how to surf in Hawaii. So Mm -hmm. on the list, I ski in Colorado, surf in Hawaii, uh, just as some fun two things to do in a calendar year, Hawaii would be a longer stay. So that'll be maybe later in the fall. I also, I want to see New England in the fall. I want to go to a baseball game at some of the classic mm-hmm. uh, fields and Yankees or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I looked at yeah. the um, opening day at Fenway park. So we'll mm. see kind of if that way, if that one works out. So, and then the hot air balloon festival in New Mexico is one I definitely want to hit. I think that's in October. So there's lots of spreadsheets happening for I places that I want to see events, things like that. and. One of the cool things too has been, yes, I am kind of initiating this by myself, but already there's been people that are, have said, oh, I'd love to go to that with you. And so just to encourage people, if you are thinking the travel direction, like if you make plans, you can find people to come with you. Oh yeah. People maybe don't have the bandwidth to plan it, but they can jump on board with. So yes, it'll mainly be solo. However, I'm confident that people will jump in and nieces and nephews, I'm sure yeah. will tag along, especially in the summer months. Yeah. And you'll meet people along the way and you'll have people going with you. And then you're going to be like, I want my solo trip. I liked my alone time when I was single. I still like it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really, what, what else? I mean, we're going to wrap it up here soon, but like, is there anything we haven't hit on or covered that you just feel like, I want to say this. Yeah. I would say just making the next right move. Like I mm-hmm. feel like my life is kind of chunked into chapters. Mm-hmm. I've done so many different jobs. I went to undergrad for fashion merchandising and then worked in town and then did grad school for graphic design and then moved out to Oklahoma and was a graphic designer for a corporation out there. And I've, I've done lots of little things and all of that. And I needed each of those experiences. Nothing has been wasted. Nothing at all has been wasted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even recently, there was a connection with a family that travels that I went to a church with 10 years ago and didn't realize. And so Mm -hmm. nothing is wasted. One foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. I 
also at one point, like I was laid off in 2020 in a COVID layoff. And that at the time seemed like the worst thing ever, but ultimately it pushed me into this remote position Mm -hmm. to then do what I'm doing now. And Mm -hmm. so for the Mm -hmm. one that's Mm -hmm. not sure what's next, Mm -hmm. just just take mm-hmm. one next right move. You don't have to have it all figured out. Seven years ago, when I wanted to travel full time, and when the thought first hit my mind, I I didn't know how that was going to happen. I didn't know how that was going to be possible, but I didn't need to know because the path was not straight towards it. And I probably would have been like, "Never mind, don't sign me up for that." Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's necessary. Yeah. Just. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, we can't see the whole path. I think that's one of the benefits of our personality is that we don't need to see the whole path and we don't even need to know that it's like right or wrong. I coach a lot of people who are like ones on the Enneagram um, or maybe even nines, both of which really avoid like failure. And I'm like, whatever, failure is just learning. I don't care if I fail. (laughs) Because to me, yeah, failure is not wasted. And um, I know that, yeah, I just, I kind of want to speak specifically to some of those types of women that are listening right now who are, are really afraid to take that next step, who are really afraid because you don't know if it's right or wrong. You don't know if, you know, everything in your mind is kind of black or white. What if I mess things up? I don't really think you can, unless it's sin. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Bible is like it very clear about sin or not sin, but as far as all the free will issues go, like God is in control and God can auto-correct our choices in our life and, and like fix us. But I think it's harder for God to use us or to develop things when we're not moving at all. You know, if we're just sitting still, it's like, I don't know that he can do a lot with that, but if at least if we're on the move, he can be like, no, 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 or (laughs) so. And I think the other thing too, is, um, when you ask about like last thoughts, I, I've, as much as I wanted somebody to do this with, you know, that's already been said, I've realized that there's so much confidence that comes in being Mm -hmm. able to identify the vision that you have for your life and going after it. And most Mm -hmm. likely the person who shares the vision is going to kind of come alongside you too. Like I, I would love to meet a man while traveling. I would love to meet somebody who's also doing full-time travel or who's passionate about it. And then it makes sense that as you're doing it, as you're operating in it, as you're following your purpose and vision, they'll just kind of come alongside you. And maybe that won't happen. Maybe it will, but I wouldn't be shocked if it does. And, and that's the scariest move to make. I don't know why, but that's really a scary move to make. I get it. I mean, I, I very, for me, that was kind of when I started speaking full-time and, and my business, I was like, I just had this really weird fear that no man was going to want a woman who was kind of like spirit, this spiritually mature, or uh, I just, I didn't know a lot of men in my realm who like respected women in women's ministry or a woman who ran her own business. And I'm, I was already told I was like too intimidating or that my confidence scared guys off. Like that was the message that had been told to me a lot. And so for me to like obey God and do what I felt like I was created to do and what God was calling me to do went against every insecurity that I had in my mind about what a guy wanted. Yeah. And yet who came along a guy who loves what I do and supports everything I do and prays for everything I do and thinks that my ministry and job is awesome. So 
I hope yeah. you find a traveler. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it doesn't happen. But what we do know is God has a plan. And um, I'm just really, I'm happy to hear that he's gotten your heart to the point where, yeah, I get it. I get that you probably, we all have lonely moments. You still desire marriage, but you're going to be able to look back and just realize that like you lived and you loved God and you trusted God and God gets the glory out of that. He gets the glory out of your bravery and your humility. And it's beautiful. And then one last thing, which kind of ties into the title of the podcast, my mentor yesterday that I referenced talking with, she just kept saying over and over, you're not going solo. You're not going alone. You're not alone. And she even at one point was saying, you know, don't even refer to yourself as single anymore. You're not, you've got Jesus. You're going with him. He's with you. And it's, it's one of those things that can feel really cheesy and Christianese and all that, but it's so true. It's a good mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That we're never alone, not only because God is with us, but because of even things like social media and community and phones and FaceTime and, and all the things we have nowadays, but like, and just the global Christian church, like you aren't alone and you might have some hours of driving down the road alone, but those will be fun. Yes. (laughs) Those will be fun. And then you can find people when you want them. Listen to podcasts. <laughs> yes, you can. Well, I could talk to you all day, but we're going to have to just kind of for the sake of time, wrap it up here. That's and maybe we'll uh, do another one when you're like on the road somewhere. We'll check. Oh, that'd be fun while I'm driving. Yeah, that would be fun. Or like when you're in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Get over that. Okay, girl. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for the ways that you poured into my life. Seriously. Um, even from a distance, you've been just a really incredible example over the years. And it's an honor to be able to chat with you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end today, guys. Make sure you check the show notes for links to everything that we referenced today and especially to the free community. It's called Not Alone and it's actually free. So if you haven't joined that, do it right now. Also, there are so many women out there whose hearts are longing for this community and for this content. So help us get the word out. Rate or review this podcast right now and or share it on your socials. Let's keep growing this community and being the change that we want to see and encourage encouraging hearts that need it. See you guys next week.